Hi, Jim here. Thanks for listening to this past episode of the Ski Podcast. Since releasing this podcast, we have a new supporter of the show. The Ski Podcast is now supported by Switzerland Tourism. They will be helping us explore some of the 355 ski destinations across the country, from famous names of Samaritz, Lax, Davos and Zermatt, to the lesser-known resorts that cover their mountainous land. We will be reporting on them and telling interesting stories about the people who live and work there. In total, there are 7,067 kilometres of slopes to ski and 1,800 lifts to ride and at least 80 of them are funiculars, which is good because I do love a good funicular. Well, there's a lot to do, so while we get on with that, you can get on with listening to this episode of the Ski Podcast. Thanks, listener, and thanks, Switzerland Tourism. Also, as you're listening to one of our early podcasts, may I suggest you skip to at least episode 12, where I guarantee it gets much better. Welcome to the Knowledge is Powder podcast, a podcast about skiing and snowboarding. I am Jim Duncan, and I'm joined by ski industry stalwart Ian Martin from Skipedia. Um, hi, Ian. Hi there, Jim. How are you? There he is. Um, it's called the uh, Knowledge is Powder podcast because, like all good things from the late 90s, it's revival time. Uh, and why not bring back something um, as popular as that? But Ian, why don't you just tell us, what is Knowledge is Powder? Where did that come from? Gosh, uh, well, when I first uh, started up uh, natives.co.uk as a business back in uh, 1999, I was searching around for a strap line, and I have no idea how or why that one came to me, but it it came to me at the time, and obviously it doesn't mean anything at all, knowledge is powder, does it? But it worked quite well on t-shirts that we sold at the time. I've still still got many of those t-shirts. So in today's show, we are going to be talking about the jump, um, Listex, uh, the ski show. We want to talk a bit about the the Olympics, which is going to be featuring heavily uh, anyone who's interested in ski. And um, we'll just round up with a bit of uh, information about early snow and uh, what's going on in the Alps. So if we look at the jump, and um, the jump has sadly been cancelled. Um, it was launched in 2014. Um, I think that was an Olympic year, um, and the, it was hosted by Davina McCall. And there was lots of celebrities that took part in it. Um, and essentially it was a, a show, or it still is a show maybe, who knows, <laughs> about um, celebrities who um, went out to a ski resort and they learned lots of different disciplines. And obviously um, it culminated in them doing a ski jump. There were massive uh, winners of huge celebrities such as Spencer's Ma- Spencer Matthews, Joe McEldry and... Uh, um, uh, I'm sure there's more. Um, and also, it, it attracted some other big names, didn't it, Ian? Uh, it certainly did. I mean, a couple of, at least two Knights of the Realm uh, appeared on the uh, show, so Stephen Redgrave and uh, Sir Absolutely. Bradley Wiggins. Not entirely sure how many Olympic medals they got or, between them, but a very large number, maybe 10, perhaps. That is, yeah. And there was other Olympians. There was Beth Tweddle as well, I believe. Oh, yeah, Beth Tweddle. She was one of the ones who had... Uh, unfortunately, one of the worst uh, injuries, I think she ended up being airlifted to hospital and uh, fractured a couple of vertebrae in her neck when she was on the show. Um, so the, the reason we're talking about it, obviously, um, we're both huge fans of the show. But and it's slightly old news now, I think. But as this is a new podcast and it's an important topic for anyone who loves skiing, um, that um, it's been axed or not not axed, right. um, not renewed 
um, for this current year. Ian, do you know why that was? Do you think he'll ever come yeah, back? Yeah, well, um, I believe the um, the reason that um, has been put out uh, by the uh, production company is that they don't want to conflict with the, the Winter Olympics coming up because the Winter Olympics are in February. Uh, that has typically been some of the time that they've been filming and it would make it difficult. So they'd have to uh, put it on a bit later. So they're having a fallow year rather than have it later in the season. However, um, it possibly is a kind of softer way of um, letting the show kind of disappear. Um, it has been very expensive to run, um, partly because of the uh, actual huge amount of money they've had to spend on insurance and medical costs because so many uh, contestants have been injured during the course of the uh, show. So with the viewing figures, you know, slacking over time, even though there've been about two million people watching the show on a on a weekly basis, um, it probably I think we'll, I'll be surprised if we see the show again in 2019. You don't think it's they were having trouble um, getting people to come on to it? <laughs> right. Okay. No, sadly, I think there's a big supply of uh, B and C list celebrities, and enough, yeah. uh, even if they're not very many A list celebrities who who want to. Uh, try and increase their profile so there'd always be people who'd want to go on the show but um i, I do think it's a, a more of a commercial issue in fact uh, in my uh, research for this i did uh, find from the very reputable source the sun newspaper they suggested that the uh, the current channel 4 boss is about to leave and he's the guy who commissioned the show and normally uh, what you find in television is when a new uh, boss comes in they want to commission their own type of shows make their own kind of uh, uh, mark uh, on the channel so that could be another reason why it would be difficult to get recommissioned for 2019. Do you think people watch the show because they enjoyed seeing the journey or do you think they liked watching the show for the, the sole reason of a car crash of seeing someone injure themselves well it's got to be the latter isn't it i mean i think with uh with ski sunday one of the most entertaining parts of it if i'm allowed to say that is when you know the crashes uh, <laughs> pile up you know watching uh, people ski downhill i mean i'm a i'm a skier and i've been a skier all my life but um that watching downhill is relatively unexciting but if you fast forward it to the bits where someone has a crash and then watch that bit a few times it's a bit more entertaining and i think it got to the point with the jump where it was known for the accidents, so people were tuning in to see who would get injured next. Um, yeah, well, I mean, definitely, it was it was known as the most dangerous TV show. I think there was like seventeen like injuries, and like you said, Beth Tweddle was a really serious one. Tina Hobley still goes on about um, uh, how she was really injured, and she thought the show was quite dangerous. In fact, I met Tina Hobley on a beach the other week um, in North Devon, and I surprised myself with how much Tina Hobley information I had retained in my brain. Um, okay. I won't regale it now. Um, but being the most dangerous TV show, um, and obviously this podcast will heighten our profile to probably maybe X-list celebrity, um, would you be tempted to go on it if they recommissioned it? <laughs> to go on the show? I'd love to go on the show. They do all sorts of things that look great fun. I, I did actually go out to Kutai, uh, and I was there for some of the filming uh, last winter. And the jump itself, when you see it on TV, it looks pretty tame. But actually, when you see it in real life, you know, you need a, a fair amount of courage to uh, to go off that. But the actual, you know, the the slalom and the skier cross and the uh, the snow cross, all of those things look like great fun. Yeah, I think the only thing put, would put me off was doing the jump. But then I suppose it's it's about pushing yourself. 
Yeah. Um, so recently it was um, Listex, uh, the London International Ski something Exchange. I can't yes. quite put it my finger on it. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that was held in Hemel at the Snow Dome. Is that correct? Yeah, the Snow Centre. They give it. It's the Snow Centre. Well, I think you have to. Uh, Right. Your trademarks between snow domes and snow centres, but the snow centre in Hemel Hempstead was where it was. There was an opportunity for people to ski if they wanted to, but um, we were we were kind of inside uh, in a in an area set aside for people at that event. So I was just wondering, Ian, um, you obviously attended the event. Can you just um, briefly tell everyone what what actually Listex is? In my head, it's um, speed dating for ski businesses, but I think I may have been uh, mis misinformed there. Um, and can you just tell us what happened there and what you got out of it? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you're not so far off the mark by calling it a speed dating for a ski business. There's a couple of um, meeting rooms where tour op British tour operators are meeting up with uh, suppliers such as ski schools or ski hire companies or the resorts or property owners. And, you know, they're, it's, it's a continual relationship, but they're also uh, sorting out contracts for the forthcoming uh, season or details for the season. I'm personally not really involved in that side of things because I'm not working uh, we're taking people out to the Alps, but there is a forum going on at the uh, same time over both days. It's a two day event. And that is uh, an extremely uh, valuable uh, time. You know, for me, it's uh, partly about networking, but it's also about exchange of ideas. And there's an opportunity to, um, to give you an example. One of the uh, sessions in the forum was called Ask the Editors. And they had a number of editors or publishers from the different magazines. And you could kind of ask, literally just from the audience, ask them what type of uh, stories they're looking for. How do you get their attention? How do you get a press release uh, through to them to get something published? And it's, you know, that kind of uh, information is, is pretty, pretty useful, pretty interesting. There's a couple of other sessions that were more kind of technical about the path to purchase. I did a presentation about content marketing. Uh, there was a, a discussion about where the uh, snow sports industry is going to be going uh, in the future. Uh, and one of the most interesting sessions was called uh, the Listex Dragon's Den, where you've got new businesses coming, uh, uh, coming in and, uh, and pitching to uh, uh, a number of experienced uh, people from the industry, not necessarily for money, but maybe for advice or, or possibly for investment. This sounds brilliant. Um, tell me one of the pitches. Um, let me think. Uh, or are they all top secret? This isn't this isn't open to the public, is it? It's, uh, it's not it's a members only Masonic club, is it? No, you have to. I mean, you have to pay to uh, attend uh, uh, the event. Uh, the the Dragon's Den one is always interesting because you see different ideas, you know, every year and intuitively i sometimes think you know some of those it's just not going to work and some of those yeah you know maybe with the right circumstances it could work um there's one chap uh, uh who was there i'm wondering if i can get his uh his uh, details I don't have it it's not it's not ski walker is it he's still going ski walker remind me what that one is um it's the handles that you can attach to your poles so you can carry yeah no them. he wasn't there um axi ski axi ski is a it, it kind of look it, it's a sledge that's a bit like a snowboard it's quite plastic and flexible and it's just more fun than a sledge you can stand up on it or lie down on it you know it's not particularly expensive it's about 20 
25 pounds, something like that. You know, it's a really good idea. He's got some good videos from it. Um, he's produced it in the UK, which surprised me. Um, but it made me feel a bit more supportive of his idea. And I think what he really needs is he needs a distribution partner. He needs to get it into Snow and Rock and Ellis Brigham. And, and if he could do that, then that one could really work. It was a really interesting idea, great kind of um, Christmas presenty type of thing. Some of the other ideas, without going into them, you just look at them and think, it's just, it's not going to come together it's not going to work in the ski industry but that was regardless that was one of the more interesting uh, sessions for sure um i think i might get a ticket next year yeah. um if only for the dragon's den maybe i'll maybe i'll invent something and just pitch. well maybe we could be something. pitching this podcast for uh um you know the additional uh, investment to take it up to a global level yeah maybe that's what we need investment in our podcast if anyone's listening you can invest <laughs> in this um so um, let's move on. There's another show coming up, which is probably a bit more interesting to the general public. It's the ski show. Um, it's on the 26th to the 29th of October, which is half term week. Yeah. If you've got children, um, it's held in the Battersea Park um, Battersea Evolution um, uh, venue. It's in its third year there now um, after various homes uh, across London. Um, it calls itself the London's Alpine Festival. Do you think that's a fair tagline to put to the show? Uh, Alpine Festival. Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. I mean, they've got... <laughs> I don't know whether they're just so, looking yeah. for an additional strap line beyond the ski and snowboard show. It always used to be, you know, once upon a time, the ski show, and then they realised that there were snowboarders around, so they had to call it the ski and snowboard show. And I guess by calling it Alpine, it means... They're including snowbladers. Um, yeah, or uh, it just gives them the ability to sell tartiflette and uh, and and say, look, we've got Alpine street food available. Oh, I mean, I I can't, I can never decide if I really like the ski show. I mean, for us who's worked in the industry, I think it's a different thing to go to because you're meeting, you're greeting, it's old friends, old faces, you know, a bit of business, and they're not, you know, you know I've stood on stools for five days solid so we've got a different feel about it um what, what's your uh, take on yeah I, i'd agree with you with that it's quite hard to um to view it with fresh eyes let's say as if uh, you know when you're not involved with the industry um i think now this kind of format where it does run just over four days is uh it reflects how things have changed since the internet has become dominant. I mean, you said you stood on a stand for five days. Uh, I have done the London show when it was over 10 days. It was over two weekends. Uh, and, you know, and a lot of people came on two weekends, whereas now a lot more people go to the internet for their information. So they, there is a real um, obligation on the show to try and make sure there's a lot on. What I can say, and there also used to be there used to be three yeah. four four shows. There was a Scotland, Birmingham, Manchester. Uh, there was one in Southampton as well, um, and there was one in Brighton. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah, like you say, the internet has yeah for sure. That, but in terms of going along, the, what I can say is that but half term, my kids, I have ten year old twins. They came along uh, uh, last year, and they're going to come along this year. And there is loads for the kids uh, going on. You know, it's very entertaining. I, th I can't remember um, whether they have to pay. I think only adults have to pay and kids under a certain age are free. Um, just looking for that now. 
under 11 are free exactly so you know i think it's worth going along uh, as an adult take your kids along and there's a there's a whole bunch of activities uh, uh, they can do there sony stands have kind of free things that you can try and you know, can just go around grabbing pens and uh, stickers but there's you know ice skating and uh, i don't know balancing on uh, balance boards i suppose and you know there are um, athletes there as well uh, this year and I think in an Olympic year that's probably going to be one of the more interesting one of the more interesting draws as we you know lead on to that absolutely I mean I'll back up what you said about um, taking children with you like last year was the first time I think I took the children and I think I saw it differently as well because you know what they were engaged in and they were three and yep. four I think at the time and yet they were the best way to get as much free <laughs> stuff as possible. Like they would just go around and at first they were a bit shy and then they got the understanding to the point where they went to one store and just helped right. themselves to stuff. And they were going, no, no, we're not giving that away. But yeah. the child's walking. Your kids are probably uh, too uh, young um, for it. But um, they were demoing a, a game there last year called Steep, which is a, you know, an Xbox and probably a PlayStation yeah, game, yeah. etc. And my son um, had a go on that. And to be honest with you, it was it was so such fun. I mean, I I do not like video games. It's not my kind of thing at all. But we bought a copy of Steep, and that is the only one that I play on his Xbox. It's a brilliant game, and we wouldn't have found out about it probably, or we certainly wouldn't have tried it if we hadn't gone along to the uh, ski show. So, from a commercial point of view, ironically, you know that is a digital product, but um, it was actually by going along and trying it that we ended up buying it. And they also sponsored the innovation area, which I thought was a, right. a nice addition. I think in the past, it's, the innovation has been very dissipated, where it was actually concentrated, and you could see some really interesting. Yeah, I mean, another thing the kids tried was um, I can't recall off the top of my head now who had it, but someone had one of those VR uh, sets. So it was like a Samsung Gear that you strap on uh, and hold over your eyes, and it gives you 360 uh, vision. Uh, and it gives you this sensation that you're skiing down a uh, ski slope. And, you know, that that was great fun as well. They really enjoyed that. So to, to wrap up this uh, segment, essentially the ski show is great. If you want to take your children with you, learn more about skiing. And if you really like free stickers. Ah, yeah, um, the build up to the Winter Games has started um, like everyone is talking about it. And I think, you know, within the snow sports industry, there's going to be a huge focus on the 2018 Games. I think, first of all, we need to get out of the way. Uh, how do you pronounce it, Ian? Pyeongchang, I think. Yeah, I was originally going for Pyeongchang, but that's wrong. Um, Google pronounces it like this. Pyeongchang. Pyeongchang. So very helpful Chang. to Google. Right. There we go. So that's the correct term and way of saying it. Um, and we also need to make sure that you don't get it confused with Pyongyang, yeah. which is the capital of North Korea. I mean, not necessarily for you and me, more for athletes booking their tickets. They need to make yeah, sure. Yeah, and also for Donald Trump. Well, I was wondering, do you think, do you think Trump um, is purposely doing this because he knows he's got a really rubbish <laughs> team for the Winter Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> no, sadly, I don't think his uh, his thought process has gone that far. Really, he just when he when he does uh, kind of uh, press a button, let's just uh, hope he, he works out which one is which. Yeah, one opens the door, one of them um, blows up things. Um, so, um, are you excited about it? Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not particularly excited about it. Um, 
you know, the timings aren't very good for, uh, you know, UK uh, television uh, viewers. Um, but I guess I'm excited from the point of view that um, I think there's a there's a reasonable chance. Last time uh, we brought back a medal, Jenny Jones, you know, won the first uh, Alpine uh, medal. And uh, that was a great achievement, helped put a, a lot of uh, funding into the sport. And I think that will, there's a good chance that will return a couple of medals this time would be, would be the hope there. How did you, I mean, I remember when Jenny won that medal, I was um, centre parks, Longley, um, and we all watched it together. And I don't know, I found it quite emotional for some strange reason. I don't normally get welled up, but um, it seemed like a really good sporting achievement for her and the way she did it. Did you, I mean, do you get emotional by that? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think if you watched it live, then it does have, um, you know, more resonance. Uh, but, you know, she's, she had been in the industry for a long time and uh, she probably wasn't, you know, favoured to win one. So, uh, you know, it was it was great for her to be able to do it. I think there's a lot more expectation now. There's a lot of money been pumped in who, now. Um, it's a huge um, investment. A lot of money has gone into it, for sure. You know, that's how the... Uh, that's how the funding works for Olympic sports. You know, the more chance you've got of a medal, the more likely it is that you're going to get the money and, and the funding uh, in there. And uh, I think that the two to watch out for are probably um, Katie Ormerod uh, and James Woods. They would be the two. But, you know, there could be other medals from different people uh, as well. But based on before, over the last... Um, the last year or so, you know, those two have consistently been getting podiums in, in uh, you know, pretty high-profile events. So they they stand a very good chance. Well, yeah, James Woods just won. What was it the, um, the New Zealand or the Down Under Ski um, big competition down there? That's how that's, that's how much I know. Yeah, I think it was the ski uh, competition. It was that's the X right, Games yeah. down there, was it? Uh, and then Katie Ulmerod last year, she won um, some FIS big games. And she was, wasn't she the first female snowboarder to score a podium, a British one? Uh, well, unfortunately, I can't, I can't be 100% well, sure about you, that. I was, I was going for being the person with no knowledge and you were going to be the person that corrected me. Yeah. She's the, first, she's the first person to win a, uh, a FIS uh, event because she won uh, at least one big air event last year uh in the world cup um so that was a first and she also picked up her podium in the x games as well on slope style so you know she's she's regularly i think last last season she probably got uh half a dozen podiums and so when you're bringing that sort of form in then you know there's an extremely good chance that she'll pick something uh up at the i think you also well. know that you're doing quite well when the bbc decides to pick it up and run it as a news story which i think she got um, right. Okay. Not, not just on Sunday. No, no, just or on you the actual the, the news. Little... I believe it was. Um, so I think that's when you know okay. you know someone's good. Um, also, there's a, um, just while we're on the Olympics, there's a lack of ticket sales. Um, do you think there's a, a reason? Do you think that's a Trump effect, or do you think just no one's interested in the location? Or you know, with I'm sure South Korea um, has many people who are interested in skiing, but it's not known as a skiing destination. It is known as the location of Samsung, who is one of the Olympic sponsors. And I think that's probably, you know, how the games ended up there. It was a, you know, rotation thing. Call me cynical, <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, when it comes back to uh, a uh, a country with a, a history of winter sports, then you'll probably see more ticket sales. Absolutely. Maybe they could offer um, free repairs on their phone. I currently would book, book a ticket right now. <laughs> um, and finally, so there's been a lot of snow in the Alps um, this last month or so. Like um, the middle of uh, September, there was like 50, 50 centimetres. Up to that was reasonably poor conditions up on the glaciers. And... Um, there has been snow recently um, in Maribel. There's been a lot in Teen. It's an interesting start or end to the season, whichever way you look at it. What do you think? Um, do you think we're going to see a continuation of snow? I know, I know you're not a meteorologist. You know, it's September, October uh, tomorrow. You know, is very early on. It was a very warm summer. A lot of the glaciers, uh, you know, lost a, a lot of volume uh, during the summer. So great. You know, it's been snowing a bit. That's really good. I was I was out in uh, Chamonix uh, last weekend, and there was snow from about two thousand snow around uh, two thousand three hundred, two thousand five hundred meters, which is which is not bad for that uh, time of year. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get overexcited uh, about anything <laughs> at this stage. Um, but you know, so photos of snow in the autumn go down really well on social media. Let's hope they just keep uh, coming in. Yeah, I'd like to see. Uh, I'd love a really good winter season. Um, and right now, where can we ski? Can we go skiing now? Uh, well, Zermatt is open all year round with the glacier up there, and you can always ski up there. I think Teen is opening this weekend today, even maybe. Um, so you mentioned they'd had uh, fresh snow there, so you can get up onto the glacier there. I think they're open eleven months a year. And now out in Austria, uh, Hintertuck's Glacier as well. Solden, I think, is open. And then, yeah, then in about 10 days' time, I think, some of the um, Canadian resorts starting open, such as Lake Louise. So there's lots of opportunities right. if, uh, if you can afford it or want to go skiing. Yeah, or if you want to go down to Australia. I mean, you're talking about, like, a good snow season. Oh, yeah, They've been having a vintage season down there, and they're, they're in their spring very near to the closing dates now and uh, they've got a really good snow base 160 centimeter snow base in uh, Falls Creek and still new fresh snow coming down so uh, if you're really desperate to get some skiing in you could um, you could pop down there and uh, still enjoy some good snow or you know we could just go to a snow dome <laughs> or you could go to a snow dome I mean even I didn't actually ski when we were up at uh, the snow center the other day but um you know, it's even a kind of 100 metres of uh, turns are better than none sometimes. I think that might be a discussion for another podcast. Okay, um, yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm really interested in the development of um, the snow domes and how they've uh, incorporated new talent and new ways of bringing punters in. But um, that is for another time. I think we've yeah. really run out of time today. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us, Ian. No problem. Good to speak to Jim. OK, well, this has been the Knowledge is Powder podcast and um, we'll catch you in the next one. The Knowledge is Powder podcast was produced by Jim Duncan.